0: and hashtag the power of 10. Okay, thanks very much. Um, I think the, the hardest thing that I've had to do in 30 years in the media industry was take on the challenge of classic FM at the time. Um, a station that was uh, financially in absolutely dire straits, a station that had lost... the the art of radio, um, and essentially became a streaming service um, with no programming structure in place, no processes, absolutely nothing, Um, and really look at what do we need to do in order to make classical music, and then classic FM at the time, sustainable for the next generation. So classical music generally in South Africa has been seen as an old white uh, kind of genre, Sound station, and when I, I came in, when I was asked, I actually got a phone call on the, I think the fourteenth of Jan. They say, listen, you need to report to Classic the next morning. Um, when Ame bought a minor stake in the radio station, um, it was a matter of no, no. Let's just wait till Monday. Let me give me a chance. I've I've never listened to Classic before. I'm not a classical music person. I know nothing about classical music. I'm an AC guy, and But what I do know is I know radio. So when I walked in after having listened for several days to the radio station, it was a matter of saying to the team that was on board at the time, listen I know nothing about classical music, you teach me the music and I'll teach you radio. And that was kind of taken as not that seriously. Um, because how do you really teach somebody who knows nothing about it? It's starting from scratch, and these are the Richard Cox of the world, uh, you know, the guy Sue Cox, the people who really know classical music and who live it every single day, and here I come in as a complete novice and have no clue what I'm talking about. Um, so just to take you a step back quickly, Classic FM has 1027 now, turning 22 years in September, Um, Initially, the shareholding was a 20% shareholding from Classic FM UK, and that kind of set the sound of the radio station um, at the time and which continued for many years. Um, In 2008, a local consortium came in and took over the running of the radio station and the shareholding. And unfortunately, it started experiencing a downward trajectory because of the lack of structure within the radio station. And the biggest mistake one can make is to put somebody who knows nothing about radio in charge of a radio station. Trust me, they are going to screw it up. So that is what happened. Um, suddenly, uh, in 2017, the station had debts of nearly 30 million rand, and uh, the staff were not being paid their salaries, and uh, it was just music playing. And the very small group of committed people decided that, irrespective, we love what we do, we love classical music, we believe it has to be on air, we're going to stick it out and just do what we need to do. And guys like Richard and Sue and Dino, and those guys all decided they will stick it out, and they will do what needs to be done. The financial manager was running programming. They had a half-day music compiler in place. The active playlist at the time when I came in was 22,000 pieces. The highest rotating song was once every four weeks. Sorry, not song, piece of music. Um, highest rotating once every four weeks. Problematic. If you're trying to build a commercial entity, it, this is not a musical, it's not a classical music concert. And it was that kind of frame of mind and that mindset that one had to break that you're actually not uh, putting together music for a 30 minute or one and a half hour music concert. You're programming a commercial radio station that has to attract and retain a viable audience because at the end of the day, all that we need to do is to build an audience to sell onto advertisers. That is your traditional commercial model. So when I, when I came in, I had to spend some time listening to the station. The first thing I did, I got, and I'm supposed to talk about rebuilding it, so I want to take you just through the steps that we followed in order to get to where we are now. So. I hate this handheld mic. It's kind of restrictive. Um, no, I want to move around, uh, Carl, so it's, but this is kind of restrictive for me. Um, the first thing I did was I called all staff together and said, this is where the business is at. We're going to have to make some really hard decisions over the next week or so. It's going to mean some of you will still be here and some of you won't be here. And that's the reality of it. When you're sitting with the kind of debts that the company is sitting with, harsh decisions have to be made. And as much as you're a people person, and as much as it's emotionally taxing for you, if the business has to survive, those are the things you have to do. You don't have another choice. After meeting with all of the staff, I then met individually with every staff member. Sat them down, understood who they were, where they come from, what they do in the radio station, and what is the future value that they would bring to Classic. And that kind of made up my mind as to who should stay and who should no longer be part of the business. The business had employed a range of people at massive salaries that were working half day, that were not fulfilling the kind of roles that they were employed for. Um, They had producers for every show. What are you producing? so it was that kind of scenario which, which meant that it actually became easier to decide who should go and who should stay. So that helped that, that particular um, move that we had to make. It was in a matter of, okay, so these are the people that are remaining, but there's so much work to be done inside of this radio station. We have to look at the whole restructuring of the programming team the structure, the processes, the, the rules on the playout system, the music rotation, the cleaning up the playlist. Um, and so I made the decision to, at the same time, we have to drive revenue because we've got to be commercially viable. So I had to separate the two and say, I'm going to focus on the operational side of the business and fix it up and outsource the sales arm to people who actually know sales, who do sales and can run that for me and gain some traction there while my focus is on the operational side because I need to create a product that they can confidently take out into the marketplace and say, this is what we are offering you. So I was in the in the room early on on that side and they were talking about these celebrities that are being appointed with a twit, massive Twitter followings, et cetera, and, and the response to that was that would you rather pay somebody 100,000 rand and get 10 million from an advertiser or pay somebody 15,000 and nobody knows them? The point for me is that then we are selling celebrities. We're not selling the power of radio. And what is the about? Ultimately, it's about the power of radio and connecting audiences with those advertisers. And so we lose who we are. That's just as, um, as an aside point because it's a, it's a bugbear for me that that's the route that radio is going. Um, so I had to look at, at the sales arm and move that out of, out of the equation. So we had no marketing inside of the radio station. There was no marketing happening. Classic disappeared from the radar for several years. They had a sales team, a direct sales team, with basic salaries of 50,000 rand a month, selling nothing, because why would you sell if you're getting 50,000 rand a month for doing nothing? Okay, so boom, gone they are. Massive cost in the first year we managed to cut four million Rand out of the overhead expenses of the business. Now, four million Rand in the bigger scheme of things doesn't sound like much, but if you're trading water and just holding your head above water, then four million Rand is a lot of, a lot of money. So as we exited some people, I had to in, in my mind decide what is the vision that I have for this business? Where does classic FM at that stage need to be in order to survive in this fast changing environment in which we live. And Listening to the radio station I, I, I could understand why the perception of old etc. was associated with it because it was playing music of people born in the 1700s and the music is still sounding like the 1700s. And I know you have some purists in the room and I'm probably going to get hung for it later but if we want to survive as a commercial entity or grow as a commercial entity, we've got to modernize the sound of classical music. It's from the 1700s, but it can sound like hashtag 2019. And why not take that jump and push the envelope and push the boundaries? And then in your, um, if you want to cater for the purists, which you have to do, it's part of our core audience, you create specialist programming at times that doesn't affect your daytime commercial audience that you're trying to build. So. For me, it was how do, we, how do we move forward with that? I then started looking at what are other classical music stations doing around the world, and are they experiencing the same challenges? I then took a trip to Europe, fortunate enough, visited classical music stations, visited Classic FM UK, went to Germany, Holland, Belgium, and spent time with them understanding what it is that, that they were doing. Because if I want to embark on this process, I need to learn from people who are either doing it already or have already done it. Um, because what do I know? So I did that trip, did a two week trip around Europe, and found to my surprise that the strategy we have in mind from shifting classic to a more youthful environment is exactly, was exactly at that time, the challenge that they were sitting with in their radio stations, and they were already working that process. And so we came back, we, we got uh, Peter de Nobreger, one of the stalwarts in the industry, on board to clean up. The, the music uh, section. I only have about four slides, so don't worry. That will change at some point. Um, and Peter then cleaned out and decided let's kick everything out and rebuild a playlist. Now, obviously, with these things, one makes mistakes along the way. And when you make a mistake, you've got to be brave enough to say, that's wrong. Let's change it. And we did that. Peter came in and 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 did a great job cleaning up our system for us, putting the rules in place, rotation policies, etc. But what we didn't realise is we'd actually programmed this classical music station like a normal contemporary AC station, with high rotation, three repetition of three pieces per day, etc. And got massive pushback from our audience because they become used to. Hearing the same thing four weeks later, and now suddenly we're hearing it two or three times a day. But if you understand the cycle of commercial audience listening, it means that different people are listening at different times, and the more familiar pieces you play at different times, that audience connects with it. So it's different people listening. But our core audience didn't understand that. So massive pushback. We then, um, at the beginning of this year, decided, okay, one March is, is our relaunch. And what do we do? We need, if we're attracting a more youthful audience, if I'm saying I want a 25 to 55-year-old, um, our average age at the time I had to go was 59 years. So it tells you the, the age of our, of our listeners at the time. If we want to attract a more youthful audience and a more diverse target market, internally, we have to reflect that my internal team has got to reflect the audience that I'm targeting. And so we reshaped the team internally, brought in some younger voices. Uh, Penny, our head of programming, is here with me. Um, she was one of the voices we brought in at the time and has now taken over programming. I founded classic, um, classic UK. Their program manager, their station manager and program manager was 27 years old. Young. And that kind of spoke to me and said, but that's right. Because who better understands the audience than somebody within that very same demographic? So we took the learnings, we brought in a diverse team of people, spoke to, brought in some well-known names, Ann Williams, um, the older ones will remember that name, the younger ones won't. One of the first faces on television in 76 when it came to South Africa. So it's... It was how do we connect the old with the new and bridge that gap so that we can understand exactly who we're talking to. So you don't alienate your core audience, but you're bringing in something that attracts that younger audience. So we had to go through that process, and we brought in some great talent um, and said, okay, so who are people with strong followings? And yeah, I kind of contradict myself because I then brought in Claire Moisa. But it was somebody with a strong following with depth, who's lived life, who's non-controversial, who can add value, and who's got a very strong personality. So it was about blending that with your Richard Cock, your Dino, your Ann Williams. Never throwing out all of the experience but blending that youth with the experience. And there's a lot that Richard and them could teach our younger presenters and team about classical music. In order to then reprogram the station, Is a 64, 65-year-old music compiler the right person? No, it's not. If I'm trying to attract a 35-year-old, who's been programming the station for many years and hasn't made that shift. And the minute I started getting pushed back to change from people, I had to start exiting those obstacles. And that was part of the process. So I then appointed two music compilers. One in the late 20s, well, both of them really, one around 30. One with an honors degree in classical music, and the other one with a strong, came from 5FM, et cetera, strong background in playlisting, music compiling, music rotation. And then did the cross-pollination of teaching each other the systems, the music, and how to implement that has worked exceptionally well for us. If you listen to the sound of classic now, you'll find more of daytime, we then broke up into day parts, a lighter sound of music, more entertaining, more popular, more familiar that people can, that the younger generation can connect with and um, did that. So now we're sitting with a problem that BRC RAM, bless their souls. Um, I still regret today that I became part of the team that developed the new system because now it's biting me in the backside. Um, okay, BRC RAM had Classic at the moment at 49,000 listeners in Gauteng, which for me is just absolutely ridiculous when every second person I speak to say they listen to Classic. So first of March we thought, okay, with the new sound on air we also have to look at a new logo which is this one, what I had to be very conscious of was how do we blend the old with the new without alienating our older internal staff as well as the audience. Because what I realized is that people experience a sense of loss when you take something that they've been so connected with for so long. They experience a sense of loss if you drastically change it. So it had to be a shift that marries the old... But modernizes that so it marries with the new as well. And so that was key for us to, to just get that right. And that's more of a modern more of a modern look. We dropped the FM, getting ready for digital radio, for DAB plus, where FM is then no longer necessary, and we don't have to change again. So we get people used to talking about classic one oh two seven. No problem. The um, we then had to look at the audience. So we, we found with BRC RAM that we are speaking to an older, average age 59, mostly white, um, bit of a male skew, and, well, heavy male skew, and very little female. When we relaunched on the 1st of March, I then got FGI in to do a survey for us into the marketplace and see how that shift, because we already started shifting the music and then officially relaunched. So we trialed it, made the changes. And then, 1st of March, relaunch. Got them to go into the marketplace and look at where it is that we have moved. And so when they came back, they looked for us at LSM 8 to 10 only. In Gauteng, 175,000 listeners. Um, Compared to BRC RAM, total listenership, 49,000. Okay, now that makes more sense because it's higher, so I like it. If that went lower, we wouldn't like it. That's our radio people. Oh, if it goes down, there's something wrong with the research. If it goes up, yes, we're doing a great job. Right, Wilma? That's right, eh? So, we saw a shift in gender male and female 76% female. We saw our average age come down to 45 from 59. We saw our exclusive listenership is still the strongest in Gauteng at 29%, so a very loyal um, loyal audience, highest household income of all the stations in Gauteng, if not across the country, 89,000 people streaming us, but this is what i then been like, these, this side of the slide, 51% white, 49% black audience, a complete shift turnaround from where we were. and. 25 to 49, 64% of our audience now sits there. And so what that told me was that the strategy is working. We need to grow that in order to feed those age groups. You see 50 plus at 28%. You know, 50 plus, and that's just LSMA to 10. So our estimation is that we're sitting around 350,000, 320,000 listeners overall. Um, But this for me creates the picture and answers the question of, is the shift to a modernization of classic, is it the right shift? And when you see the shift in audience, then you know that you're starting to talk to the right people and they are engaging more and more with the radio station. So taking this into agencies is the greatest challenge that we have, is for them to buy into the fact that this has shifted like this and they should just ignore um, BRC RAM. Yes, certainly. Yeah. In the equivalent time frame, what does it show? Is it still showing the old kind of It still shows the old profile? So So with the sampling so of, so of BRC RAM. How do you know that what you've done is shifting in that case? Because this if you've done the same sampling in your old style, you might have got a totally different result being. Possibly. Possibly. But this is what I have. This paints the picture for me. BRC is reflecting what we had previously. Because remember the, the shift in not, not with SAF. SAF was completely different. We look at just BRC RAM. What had happened was that the sampling frame of BRC has shifted dramatically from under SAF. So where SAF used to follow or Nielsen used to follow the money, which means a massive sampling in your higher LSM, BRC RAM is uh, following the census population. So, the massive sampling, so we've had a 60% drop-off in sampling in our target market, you know, high net worth audience. So, a lot of stations have been affected by that. This is a much more, it's within our target audience, in Gauteng, specific online engagement, and which gives us the picture that tells us a, a more um, accurate story. When you look at the events we have, the diversity of our people, is exactly what this is. It talks exactly back to that. So we're seeing what we see here, we're seeing in our reflection of our events of people that are attending and engaging on social media with the radio station. So we can see that shift that, is, that has taken place. We're, I can't say if we had done FGI previously under the old regime if it would have been the same or not. I don't know. I can only go what we had on BRC RAM, what they showed us, and what this now shows us. BRC hasn't shifted. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Um, okay, so yeah, when I'm finished, we can we can engage a bit more on that. Um, our purpose as classic: is making classical music accessible to all South Africans. Something that wasn't possible. While you had a lot of young black kids playing classical music instruments, the access to training, etc., just wasn't there. To the platforms, to project what it is they're doing just wasn't there. So we say let's take it into where people are. So a key um, thing for us to understand was, internally, what do we have to offer the broader community? We have a strong knowledge of classical music within the business. We have a very unique business offering with Classic Business, which is also a finalist in the Liberty Radio Awards uh, this year, um, which operates across Gauteng and um, Cape Town on fine music radio. We have a youthful, enthusiastic team with shared values, and we have a developing culture of learning within the organization. And that is intentionally driven in that direction. Externally, we have a credible brand. People love the brand Classic. We have a very unique positioning as a radio station. Because with all of the noise happening around us, where is it that you come for some solace, some sense, some sanity, Classic plays into that particular space. And that is what we then sell, push out into the marketplace, a very unique positioning. Coming from a very low pace, massive opportunity for growth. More than, more than our grandfathered radio stations in this country. Strong synergistic relationships and partnerships, and a business show that leverages across both Gauteng and Cape Town with a very strong anchor um, in there. And most of our revenue currently sits from that business show and gets pulled throughout the rest of the day. So it was key that we understood what our strengths were. We then said, okay, so if we've got strong relationships, who do we who are we partnering with? So it's the JPO, it's the SA National Youth Orchestra, it's the Joburg Youth Orchestra Company. So we've now signed, if we say we're taking, making classical music accessible, what are we doing? We now with JYOC, creating music hubs in disadvantaged communities where on a weekend, they get classical music lessons, Classic drives that on air as a crowdfunding model to get instruments for these kids and we're getting commercial partners on board now to paint those structures, the community halls with these lessons so that they're getting lessons in the right environment as well. That's conducive to learning. There's also a commercial partner. One of the food chains has come on board and said we want to partner with you that we can feed. These um, kids when they come for for these lessons, so there's been a lot of learnings that we've had to experience over the past eighteen months, but the results that we now see talks back to um, that we, we are in fact um, on the on the right track, and people like Penny, etc, understands the environment, Claire Weso understands the environment, Yvette Johnson, who used to be at hot, understands the environment. Um, and then with the experience of Kotlana Masoto who's a musician himself, Richard Koch, musician himself, conductor, Dino, who works with the JPO, bringing that strong music knowledge, but then also bringing in personalities that can drive radio um, for us. So that, in, in brief, is kind of the journey that we went on. I, I, might, I tried to condense it because obviously you guys would know there's a lot that goes in in the background to make these things work. Um, Our sales strategy now is that we're spending a lot of time in agencies. Classic was out of the space for a very long time. So what we did was we went into agencies and just in the reception area, as they arrive for work, we've got a quartet like we had this morning, just playing classical music and engaging, just reintroducing the sound of classic into those spaces. Um, And that opens the doors for us to then go in and do presentations to talk to them about the power of radio and the unique positioning of Classic as an advertising platform. So my message to them is basically to say that we've got a blank canvas that with you as a partner, we can paint in whichever way works beneficially for both parties. And that in short is kind of the journey that we've gone on. I've lost all of my, most of my hair since I started. Um, I even got on shorter. Um, but it's been a fun journey to actually learn the classical music environment while teaching radio and applying the commercial radio principles um, at the same time. Thank you very much. Um, are there any questions comments. or comments? Or is this one of the <laughs> As I I told you, I'm a keen Classic FM listener. I've been that all my life. uh, I I grew up with Classic FM, basically. Um, At first, I didn't understand what was happening with the station. I'm one of those people who really could not comprehend what's going on. But thank you for explaining this. I think this is an excellent uh, thing you're doing there. And it might just make classical music more accessible to this country and make the station survive. So thank you very much for that. I'm impressed. When I, when I spoke to Carl earlier, Carl was like, <laughs> uh, I, I was kind of, you know, kind of batting him off. But, <laughs> but what, what was exciting for me, I'll get to you now, what was exciting for me was that um, they've just started a new station in the UK, also classical music, Scala Radio, and that's online and DAB+. And the strategy and if you listen, if you look at their playlist and listen to Classic, that the, the similarity and they positioned exactly where we're positioning ourselves. So I'm I'm really confident that from a world view, we're positioning ourselves correctly. We might be a couple of months behind, but we're on the right track. So thank you. Thank you for those encouraging words. How, how big was the investment? <laughs> That's always the question. eh? Um, uh, can I just take a step back? Because I'm, I've, I've got this thing about the grandfathered versus the greenfield stations and that debate inside there that Vernon was a part of, that there's a commercial community debate, but there's also a grandfathered greenfields debate where we, as a greenfield, we are 20 years behind at least the 947s, the Jacarandas, the East Coast, et cetera. They had a massive, they started off with an already established audience and advertising base. We started from... So I see Classic as a brand new radio station, it's 18 months old, starting off with zero. But um, so what we've had to do as a group, we've had to clean out the debt of the past, which is close to 30 million Rand. And over the past 18 months, we've recapitalized um, the radio station and they've pumped in about six to seven million Rand extra in order to just keep the station going. We're now getting to a point where our sales team is starting to make budget month on month to cover our costs. And hopefully we can repay those those costs in not too, not too many years. When they called me, they said to me, you've got one year to break even. And I said, you're nuts. Um, I said, you're nuts. They said, well, if it's not on one year, your head's on the block. I said, okay, but I'm going to tell you now that if that's the case, I can't do it. It's impossible. When you um, had in that financial year, you had a loss of 15 and a half million Rand uh, to turn it around in one year. crazy with all of the cost cutting in year one we managed to reduce that to 11 million we're budgeting for a further loss now in year two and year three will be a break-even uh, budget depending on how we do this time but the plan is a three-year plan thank you one uh, when is victor Lici having his final sale uh, and two um <laughs> <laughs> and two, uh, have you looked at other at utilizing other platforms to actually educate younger listeners in order to gain that appreciation for classic music? I mean, some of us just stumbled into it, but I think you're going to need to like, educate and actually really market it. Are you guys looking at that? Thanks. Uh, Victor Lici will have his final, final, final closing down sale, I'm hoping soon. Um, <laughs> yeah, when you need the money, you take it. Um, on the really pertinent question, the partnership with JYOC is exactly that, is that we're going into schools to present what classical music is, offer the opportunity for young kids to engage with it, and then, and they're already doing great work. Uh, JYOC, SA National Youth um, Orchestra are doing some great work with young people, and so we are supporting them in that in terms of promoting all of the events. Uh, when they recruiting young people for the youth orchestra, we promote that for them, so we're engaging quite a bit on that. But the school angle, where we're actively then partnering with them on that, that for me is key to introducing classical music to the younger generation. Okay. Yes. Okay, that's gonna be the last question. Gosh, we're strict today, aren't we? <laughs> Very strict, very strict moderator. <laughs> um I just want to ask you yeah that's fine we've got we've got a, minute and a half too uh, just on this business show i mean i we used to to work with classic many years ago and it, it was even then it was the, the thing that drove the station it was like yeah. at least half the revenue came to the how does that work if you sort of making your your audience younger they're not going to be necessarily business people and yet your revenue is still dependent at this stage in the business show how do you bridge that gap okay so Classic business, yes, is kind of the anchor in terms of revenue, but the strategy has been how do we take business opportunity and leverage that across the rest of the day. So we've started business updates during the day. Um, That is sponsorable. So it's about not just letting them sit. So previously all they would do, they would sponsor a feature in the business show. But now our selling strategy is very clear, is that you can have the feature with a generic campaign that pulls revenue through other um, environments. The, the, and I don't use the word younger audience, I'm gonna say more youthful, because if we're looking at your 35 to 45, that is still the most economically active, but the 45 year old, 50 year old, is probably the most neglected in terms of advertising. Advertisers do not talk to that market. So we've got to be able to show them that across our daytime, we've got a core listenership of that number that's sitting there, that's economically active, that's wealthy, that has the decision-making power, and that will still purchase their products. Your 70-year-old has bought what they want for the rest of their life. Your younger ones can't afford it. Your 35 to 45, 50-year-old is the one that is still economically active. And so it's positioning that market across the daytime that we try and make attractive to the, to the advertiser. Thank you very much. Um, I enjoyed it. I hope, you did too. I hope you learned something, but I'm happy to chat if there's anybody who wants to chat further. Yeah, so thank you so much. Eh?